Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. So how can you navigate the holiday parties and events with less stress and without taking a drink when it feels like everything revolves around alcohol? That's exactly what I'm going to tell you in this episode. It seems like some people breeze through the holidays so easily and maybe you sit there struggling and you're trying your hardest or you hear all these success stories about people staying sober, but you're not getting the same results in your own life. By the end of this podcast, you're going to have answers to all those questions and you'll finally have some clarity on how to break through this struggle. You know that saying that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? Well, it's not wrong. If you continue doing the same things over and over again, you're going to continue getting the same result over and over again. This is why you sometimes have a little success in your sobriety only to fall back into the same old patterns and same cycles. So I'm taking this to the next level today too, and I'm giving you a step-by-step process in a way that you can actually apply it, not more of the same stuff that comes up in a Google search over and over again. I'm here to give you the tools you need to get the results you want. And if you get some value from this episode, make sure to share it with someone so they can get value too. This is a tough time of year for everybody. So the more we're looking out for each other and sharing resources, the better. In fact, you could use a buddy in this process that I'm going to lay out for you. So be thinking about someone you know and love that you can partner up with to use this plan and have your best sober holiday season ever. Okay, let's start with the benefits of being alcohol-free. I feel like I probably don't need to talk about this in too much detail. I think we're all pretty aware of the benefits of being alcohol-free. But number one, no hangovers, right? Hangovers are the worst. And I don't care how long you've been sober. For me, I will never forget hangovers and how bad they feel. So number one benefit of being alcohol-free, no hangovers. Number two, How about not doing anything embarrassing? You know exactly what I'm talking about. How many times do you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh shit, what did I say? Did I really do that? How bad was that fight with my person? Do I need to apologize? What happened? Like you just lose all control of yourself when you're drinking or using drugs, obviously, any of those, you just lose all control. And that is an awful, awful feeling the next day. The last one is you get to feel proud of yourself. None of us has ever woken up the next morning and thought, oh, wow, I really wish I would have drank last night. That would have been cool, right? (laughs) Nobody thinks that. It's always we wake up the next morning. We're like, oh my gosh, I am so grateful. I got through that night. I'm so glad I made it. My sobriety is intact. I've conquered another day. 
right? So think about those things as you're approaching the holidays and all the celebrations and gatherings and events. No hangovers, don't do anything embarrassing, and you get to be proud of yourself. So let's start breaking down this plan I've got for you, okay? These are the tips for making the most of your holidays, right? And staying alcohol-free. And the first step of this is map it. I want you to map it out. I want you to open your calendar and look at all the events and celebrations and gatherings you have coming up in the holiday season. Map out everything. If it's an office party, a family gathering, a holiday brunch, I don't care what it is. If it's holiday related, I want you to map it out. That way you know exactly what you're facing and we can figure out each event as we go. Map it out. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to give each event a rating. And the first rating is how important is it? And use whatever rating system you want. Maybe it's a one to five, one being not important at all and five being absolutely super important, have to go no matter what. So give a one to five rating. How important is it? Do you have to be there? Is it imperative that you show up? The next rating I want you to give it is how triggering is the event? And I want you to think about this. If it's too triggering, then don't go. And this is where the importance rating comes in. So you've got how important is it and how triggering is it? If it's super low importance and super high trigger, don't go. It's not worth it. There's no reason to put yourself in the situation to just be uncomfortable. But if it's super important and super triggering, then we've got to put some boundaries in place to protect you and keep you safe. So that's it. Map it out all the events you've got, and then give it the rating, how important, how triggering, and figure out which things, number one, figure out which things that you can just say no to. What things can you just decline kindly with respect and love? And let's talk about that for a second too. We were talking about this a few weeks ago in Sober Society VIP. That's my member community. In our VIP group coaching, we were having this conversation about how difficult it is for some people to say no. And if you're a people pleaser, it's really hard. You want to say yes. You want to make everybody happy. You don't want to make any waves. You want everybody to feel fantastic about you and think you're wonderful. So we have this inclination to always say yes. But I want to tell you an easy way to say no. And this is what I was telling my VIP group. I'm like, I start every no with a thank you. That's the first thing I do. I say thank you first. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you thinking of me. Or, oh, wow, thank you. What a great invitation. Thank you so much for thinking of me. That's how you start. It's beautiful. It's kind. It's loving. And that's who I am. So, of course, I would start that way. And then the next piece of it is declining the event. Like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for thinking of me. I really appreciate you. I'm not going to be able to make it happen this time. But please think of me next time. And that's the third part is tell them you want them to ask you again. You're not declining for any crazy reason or because you don't like them or whatever. You're just taking out any room for miscommunication. 
right? So let's go through it again. Say thank you, decline the event kindly, and let them know you'd love to be invited again, right? Thank you so much. I appreciate you inviting me to that. Sounds like so much fun. I'm not going to be able to make it this time, but please remember me next time because this sounds great. I would love to do it next time if I can. Right. And maybe you don't really want to do it next time. So don't say that part, <laughs> but it's an easy way to decline. You start with the thank you and then you decline the event. It's a beautiful, simple way to decline with love and nobody feels weird about it. Okay. So the next piece is what boundaries you need to set for each event. So again, we're going to go back to the rating system. You've mapped everything out. You've got your rating. How important is it? How triggering is it? If it's super important, then we need to set some boundaries around those events. If it's super important and you have to go, we want to keep you safe. So number one, I always drive myself. That's the biggest one for me. I always make sure I have a safe exit. If I ride with someone, I am not shy to say like, hey, listen, if this gets weird or if I get uncomfortable, I'm going to bail just so you know, but that doesn't happen too often. Usually people I'm going to events or things with, we're already on the same page and we're close enough that we've talked through all that stuff and we're good. But otherwise I'm driving myself because I want to be able to leave whenever the hell I want to leave, period. If I get uncomfortable for any reason, I am leaving. That's all there is to it. So that's one, drive myself. The next one is I would say set a time limit. You don't have to stay at anything too long, right? If it's super important, you have to be there and you have to make that appearance, make your appearance, but set your time limit at an hour or 90 minutes. I've shared this with you before. My time limit is 90 minutes. If that feels comfortable for you, then use that. If an hour feels better, then use an hour. And that way too, as I'm walking in, I'm already setting the stage for my exit. When I'm walking in the door and saying hello to people, it's, hey, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad we have some time to catch up. I can't stay too long, unfortunately, but I'd love to hear what's going on with you and how your family is, right? You're already setting the stage so people know that you can't stay very long. Again, it just removes opportunities for miscommunication or for people reading into you leaving without saying goodbye or whatever. It's just handling it up front. So the next part of this, after you map it out and you rate it and you think about some boundaries, we're going to plan the lead up to these events. I want you to plan it. Okay. We need to manage our stress in advance. Don't have super high anxiety and not do anything about it and then wonder why you're miserable, okay? Bring your anxiety down. Manage your stress throughout your day so your baseline is lower before you go in to these events. And there are a million ways to manage your stress and anxiety. I mean, take a little quiet time. You know the big ones. Breathing deep belly breaths, one of the best ways to bring your anxiety down. Meditation works every time. Journaling works every time. I'll tell you another one, laughter. Like watch some comedy, do something fun or funny with your family where you're laughing. That is such a great stress reliever. 
if you know you're going to an event that night and you're already kind of stressed out about it and you're uncomfortable about how it's going to go, don't let your day go with your anxiety just going higher and higher and higher with every hour. You have to do some things to bring that baseline anxiety down so you're not maxed out when you walk in. If you're maxed out when you walk in the door, you're going to lose that battle. So manage your stress throughout your day before you're going in. And since you have your paper out, mapping it, writing down all your events, then write out how you're going to manage your stress next to each one of those that you need to. The next one, again, is setting the boundaries. Do not stay with people who stress you out. Stay a shorter period of time. Drive yourself. If you can, have a safe person with you, right? Take another sober person or maybe you have your partner. Let your partner know like, hey, listen, this is a four on the trigger scale. So I'm going to be a little bit uncomfortable. I've done my stuff today. I feel pretty good going in. I've managed my stress throughout the day. But I'm just letting you know 60 minutes is probably going to be my max. And if I get weird, I need some kind of code word that I can say to you so you know I need to get out of here, right? If you have a safe person with you, that makes it so much easier. If they know that you're sober and you're really trying to get through these events without drinking and it's important to you, they want to help and support you. So if you can take a sober support person with you, that's the best thing. But if you don't have someone to take with you, or if you're going with your partner or your family and they don't really get it, here's the next best thing to organize a support system. Get some buddies on text. Remember at the beginning of this when I said you're going to need a buddy? Listen, if you can get one, two, three buddies to do this with you, this will save your ass, okay? Have some people that you can be texting with if you get uncomfortable. Everybody's texting, especially at a party, right? It's not like you're not, be, you're not gonna be able to find a second to send a text to somebody. But what it does is it gets you grounded in what's important to you. Shooting a quick text and saying, oh my gosh, this is a little more stressful than I anticipated, or the opposite oh, wow, this is actually really nice and fun. It's way easier than I thought it was going to be. But it gets you connected to your goal and your center and what's important to you. So have some text buddies, people that you can have, that you can be texting throughout your event. The next best one from there is have somebody you can call. Like have your BFF in advance, say to your BFF, like, hey, I've got this event coming up, kind of stressed about it. I'm definitely not drinking, but it might be kind of stressful for me. Do you mind if I call you while it's going on? And say you're going to get to the party at eight, tell your BFF you're going to call them at 845. So you've already got that stress reliever in place. And then you use what's my favorite trick, the bathroom break. You excuse yourself to the bathroom, you get a little minute away from everybody, and you call your person and just say, hey, I really appreciate you being here for me. Again, same thing. Either this is much harder than I thought it was going to be, or this is much easier than I thought it was going to be, or the cake is really good, or these fools are really drunk, and I can't wait to get the F out of here. I don't care what you say to your person. <laughs> it's just good to have them so that you have that stress reliever already in place. You have it to keep you focused and you have it to look forward to.
The other thing you can do is Facebook check-ins. If you're in my Facebook group or one of the other hundreds of sobriety Facebook groups, jump in there and check in. And again, be service-minded. Think about what you can do for others, like sharing this episode. It's the same thing when you post in Facebook groups. It's not about you. It's about what you're providing for the other people in the group. If you're struggling and you go in one of the Facebook groups and you put, I'm at a holiday event and I'm really struggling, people are going to really appreciate that authenticity because they're going through the same thing. And if you can post, hey, this is a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be, but I'm getting through, I'm alcohol-free, and I'm leaving in five minutes, they're going to celebrate that victory with you too. And it's also going to give them a little boost of inspiration and motivation. So jump in one of the Facebook groups and do a check-in. Give some inspiration to other people instead of treating those groups like everything's about what you get from it, what you can take from it, or don't be the person that's in the Facebook groups and you post once a year for your sober celebration because you want everybody to celebrate you. That's not being service-minded. Post Give of yourself, share yourself, share your story, share your struggles, share your victories. This is how we support each other. So jump in a Facebook group and check in there. Those are all great ways to support yourself and protect your sobriety. Okay, let's talk about once you're there, once you are at the event. Now, some of these are easier if like it's a family thing or something, probably not so easy if you're at a restaurant or something like that. But if you're at somebody's house, a family member or an office party, if it's at your office building, like bring your own drinks, you know, bring something for yourself. You know this already. I don't have to tell you this part, but it's so much easier when you have your own drink in your hand. People aren't going to be approaching you as much asking you if you want a drink or they're not going to be walking up handing you a drink when you have something in your hand. So bring your own drink to have in your hand and, and do that however it makes you comfortable. I definitely have friends that like certain canned water because it looks like because it's a crazy looking can and it blends in better with the drunk people. Um, I don't care myself. Like I'll drink whatever out of whatever, but think about your comfort level and what you need and bring your own drink to, to keep you comfortable. Now, something I love if you're at a house, right? If you're at a family event or something like that, I love to bring some fun mixtures like flavored soda waters and crystal light flavors and different mixtures like that. Very simple stuff, maybe some fruits, like I'll chop up some oranges and lemons and limes and cherries. And I like to get my nieces and nephews involved in the process, right? It's so much fun. They love it. But it's like we're making our own drinks and having fun like that. And we can share it. I know so many people, when you're a drinker as a parent, like the kids know, like, don't touch mommy's cup or whatever. I hear my clients talk about this stuff. 
So this is something that everybody can be in together, right? And I'm sure there are other people in your family or your friend group that don't drink alcohol. So bring some mixtures of things and make it fun that way. So you don't feel like you're missing out on something if other people are mixing drinks and doing that thing. And you'll build your own camaraderie with your little non-drinking crew, regardless of what age they are. But that's a super fun way to do it. The other thing once you're there is to stay busy. This is the same thing I say to you if you are brand new to sobriety, like you're just quitting drinking, certainly if you're in your first month for sure. Stay busy. Do not sit down and obsess about not drinking or obsess about everybody else drinking or obsess about feeling left out. Do things. Do not sit down and just obsess and spend quality time with your negative thoughts, right? The quieter you get, the louder those negative thoughts get. So do things. Help set up. Help clean up. Take out the garbage. Uh, take out the dog. Like go walk the dog for a few minutes or play with the kids or you know my favorite, be the family photographer. I love to be the photographer and take really great pictures of my brothers and their kids because they don't, they can't take pictures of themselves with their kids, right? So that's a really fun thing for me. And then I use those photos as gifts as well. It's one of my favorite gifts are photo gifts. So be the photographer, but stay busy. Don't just sit around and be mad or put all your energy into feeling left out or feeling awkward or uncomfortable. Like get busy and do some things. Again, be service-minded. Figure out how you can help whatever's happening. Holidays are busy. There's a million things going on. Figure out how you can be helpful. Just don't sit down and get too still. The last thing, once you're there, is, again, managing your stress and anxiety. Take some breaks, right? Take some deep breaths. Use my favorite bathroom break again. There's no situation, I don't think, on the planet that you can't excuse yourself to the restroom. That's why it's my favorite, because you can do it anytime, anywhere, in any situation. So make sure you're taking regular breaks. Go outside, go to the restroom, connect with your support system, send those texts I was saying, telling you about, or take some deep belly breaths, check in in the Facebook group, whatever you need to do to bring your anxiety and stress down. You have to make a conscious effort to keep your anxiety in check, especially when you're in a high stress situation. Okay. Now, the last one I want to talk about is visualizing the after. I want you to think about the next day and how amazing it's going to be and how incredible you're going to feel and how proud of yourself you're going to be when you don't drink. When you wake up and your sobriety is intact and you won that battle and you're still alcohol free, think about how incredible that's going to feel and plan something fun for the morning after your event. Plan a favorite something, right? Your favorite yoga class or some other workout. Plan coffee with a friend or a walk with your partner or go to a recovery meeting and let everybody know you stayed sober through a really tough situation. 
but plan something where you can celebrate your victory and be so grateful that you got to wake up without a hangover. Think that through, think about every minute of it and plan something that next morning because that's more apt to help you stay sober that night because like, oh, well, I'm having coffee with my BFF tomorrow, so I don't want to be icky for that. They know I'm sober and I want to stay on track. Also, feel that gratitude, right? Have a moment to really feel what that gratitude is going to feel like when you stick to your decision and you stay strong in your commitment and don't drink. The gratitude we wake up with, especially after a hard situation, oh, it is priceless. So think about all those great things. Also, make an early morning check-in in your favorite online community, wherever that is. Again, to share with others how you struggled, how you got through it. You know, social media isn't just to celebrate you or get people to celebrate you. Share yourself. Let everybody celebrate and give some inspiration and motivation. Show up for others and share how you're getting through all of this stuff. Okay, visualize the after. Okay, let's recap these really quickly. This is a fantastic plan that is going to help you make it through all of these tough moments through this holiday season. I know it feels like everything revolves around drinking and I want you to stay safe and I want you to stay true to your commitment so you can feel good and accomplished. And, you know, we do dry January boot camp every January too. So I'd love for you to show up for that. We're going to have announcements coming out about that here in the next week or so. So if you're not in my Facebook group, get over there because that's where we'll start with announcements to my email list and in my Facebook group. Okay. So let's go over this plan one last time, and then I'm going to let you get on with your life. Okay. <laughs> Number one, map it out, write it down, look over your calendar, all the events you have and write them all down, give them a rating how important is the event and how triggering is the event. If the event is not that important, say no, don't even go, right? Don't RSVP, don't anything. If it is something that you need to decline, we talked about the best way to say no. That's for all my people pleasers out there. I love you guys. You've got to learn to say no, okay? And then list what boundaries you need to set for each situation. Do you need to set a time limit? Do you need to drive yourself? What does that look like? Then plan it out. How are you going to manage your stress? Now you've mapped it so you know exactly what days the events are falling on. So those are the days that you have to plan it. Plan how you're going to manage your stress throughout the day. What are the things you're going to do to consistently bring your stress and anxiety level down? Because it's naturally going to be going up. Anything we do that's a little bit uncomfortable, our anxiety is going up throughout the day, the whole time, right? So we want to keep the baseline as low as possible. So plan it. You've got your list of events. You know exactly what days they are. So plan out what you're going to do to keep your anxiety down. Uh, deep belly breaths, meditation, journaling, laughing, go for a walk. Any kind of exercise will help you. Laughing is my favorite. Watch some funny stuff. Listen to some funny stuff throughout your day. Do those things to bring your stress and anxiety down. Then set your boundaries, right? Don't hang out with people that stress you out. Stay for a shorter period of time. Again, drive yourself. Those are the boundaries. 
then organize your support system. Again, you've got all your events mapped out, written down, you know exactly what days they are. So figure out what support system you can utilize for each of those events on those days and reach out to your friends. Hey, will you be my buddy for Wednesday? I've got this party. Like, I would just love to be able to text you and hang in there. I really don't want to drink. And it would be nice for me to feel like I have a friend that is there with me. So can I reach out to you that day? right? Or your bestie, can I call you throughout this thing? I got to be there at eight. Let me call you at 845, right? Organize your support system. This is part of planning it. You don't want to get there and be caught off guard. This is what I was saying. Doing the same thing over and over again is going to get you the same result over and over again. You have to do things differently. This is the step-by-step plan of exactly how to do it to conquer this thing and stay alcohol-free. Okay. Then for once you're there, I want you to bring your own drinks of some sort, whatever you can do or order something pretty. If you're in a restaurant or something where it's not appropriate to bring your own things, but bring your own things. If you can, that's one of the best ways to do it. Stay busy while you're there. Stay busy. Don't just sit obsessing about all the negative things that drive you crazy. Get busy and take regular breaks to do some deep belly breaths and bring your anxiety down and to reach out to your text buddy or call your bestie or jump online and check in in a Facebook group. Make sure you're taking regular breaks. Then for the after, plan a favorite event the next morning so you have something to look forward to and someone to look forward to sharing your victory with. Again, this could be your in-person support group. It could be your online community, your favorite online community, whatever it is. Have coffee with your bestie or your mom, breakfast with your mom, or go to your favorite yoga class, whatever it is for you, but plan something the next morning so you can celebrate yourself and feel happy about making it through alcohol-free and feel all the gratitude that you're going to have when you wake up with no hangover, no embarrassment, remembering everything you did fully in control of yourself, cool and confident with no regrets. Think about all the beauty of that. And then do an early morning check-in with your online community so we know you stayed sober and to inspire others to stay sober also. That's your plan. Map it, plan it. Once you're there, we talked about things to do. In the after, we talked about things to do. I hope you got so much value from this. Again, share it with a couple of your friends so that you guys can all do this together and make sure you get through this holiday season alcohol-free. I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast, candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.